Genevieve Pituro left her job as a successful TV marketing executive, picked up a pair of pajamas, and built a nationally known 501c3 nonprofit organization and named it Pajama Program. Two decades later, Jen educates audiences on how to change their own course. Genevieve was a successful television marketing executive in New York City for 20 years when a little girl's question changed the course of her life forever, and she jumped off the corporate ladder. She began delivering pajamas and books to children in shelters and in 2001 founded Pajama Program, which is a nonprofit and has been recognized nationwide for both its success and Genevieve's story. A Yonkers, New York native to immigrant parents, Genevieve received a Bachelor's of Art degree from Fordham University. Today, she resides with her husband in Irvington, New York. She's been interviewed most recently on Hallmark's Home and Family, on Oprah Guys, Today, GMA, The Early Show, CNN, Fox and Friends, O Magazine, Forbes, and The Wall Street Journal, and she rang the NASDAQ stock market opening bell in 2016. She's been the recipient of many local and national awards, and I am so freaking excited to have her on. She's an international speaker, personal strategic coach and author, and she's made it her mission to inspire men and women across the globe to listen to their heart voice, connection, and pursuing their passions to achieve success. Besides the amazing credentials and accolades, Genevieve remains a very remarkable and engaging speaker. So here she is, guys. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Welcome, Genevieve. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Bryce. Thank you. Yeah, so I read your bio, I was looking at your website, and I mean, wow, is all I can say. I was completely blown away. Oprah is definitely a role model and a hero of mine, and to see that you've been endorsed by her, I was like, all right, this is next level. She is, of course, isn't she? <laughs> I, was, I was just so so blessed that everything worked out, and yeah, that was one in a million, so I'm happy to have that experience. But you've done so much. So you started off as a television executive in New York City, and then you founded Pajama Program, which has been in business for over 20 years. So tell me about that transition and how you got the idea for Pajama Program and what it is. Well, you know, I never I never thought I would do anything but climb that corporate ladder because that's what I wanted to do far back as I can remember. I'm the oldest of four kids from a very traditional Italian family expected to definitely go to college, but also get married and have kids, you know, mm. grandchildren for my parents. But I just wanted to climb that corporate ladder. I just wanted to be a woman in a big city, just making it and went along with the single thing and you know, travel. And so I pursued that with everything that I had. And, and I did 12 years of that. And, and I had a very exciting full life in TV in New York City and didn't think anything was wrong with that. You know, that was just my goal. Until one afternoon in the co-op that I had purchased, I thought I had everything. 
I heard a voice in me ask me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? Oh, wow. Yeah, Bryce, that was the question that stopped. It was like it just sucked the air out of my lungs. Yeah, it gives me chills. Yeah. And I, I heard it, you know, and I knew within seconds the answer was no. It all was like this rush. It's exciting and I'm making decent money and I have these things I wanted, but it doesn't go very deep. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt. And so I thought for the next few days, I couldn't get that question out of my mind and hearing it coming from me was spooky. And I realized that I did miss having a family of my own, you know? And mm-hmm. so I thought, how can I bring children into my life? I, I didn't think, you know, I could just run out and get, you know, get a, get a husband and, and have a family. <laughs> but I knew, <laughs> I knew that, you know, nowadays there are different ways to bring children into your life. And I remembered a news story about a child that was really, really in harm's way living with people who were supposed to take care of, of him. And it was a disaster. And the police had to, you know, storm into the apartment, take the child into some kind of a shelter. And I thought, where are these children? There, there are more of them. I've read about them. And I called the police and they told me about these city shelters. And most cities have them. And of course, New York City has them. And I went searching for them and, and called one and asked if I could come in at night and maybe read to these children if that was possibility. And they said it is. You know, they're they're here in emergency situations. We're trying to process them and see what we can do. Um, but that would be that would be really nice. And that's what started me searching, which I didn't know about the word purpose. Nobody, you know, now I teach kids, I teach high school, college, I speak everywhere on the earlier somebody, you know, somebody puts it in your brain or you read about purpose, find it because it's your North Star. And nobody had ever talked to me about finding purpose. I just was told, find a job. And I thought, I wanted to say that. <laughs> Right. Get a good paying job, be able to support yeah. yourself. Right, yeah. right. Security, which, you know, I don't know if that word exists anymore in, in the workforce. But no. Yeah, that's what I did. But um, I ended up discovering my purpose because it felt right. Whereas the hustle bustle of the world I wanted to be in was exciting and it was yeah. successful. and by other people's imaginations, I had a lot. We None of us took into consideration how it made us feel, you know? And I, and I sat and read to these children at night and I felt something new. I felt grounded. I felt a connection. And that started lots of visits. And what turned into a night after I read, I followed the staff where they were taking the children to go to sleep at night. And I knew from seeing the children just who would come in that day and I was reading to I remember how traumatized they were and, and, you know, their clothes weren't fitting well. They were dirty. They'd, they'd been taken in by social worker and police, you know, within 24 hours. So they, yeah. they were in, in a bad way, but I kept them busy and calm and mm-hmm. read story after story. But when I saw where they were taking them to sleep and it was such a bare room, you know, a couple huddled together and they didn't even change. My heart broke. And I, and I remembered mm-hmm. my mom and her bedtime for us, four kids and how loving it was and, Mm. snacks and giggles and stories and books and she'd make up stories and of course we had pajamas and that was missing that for some reason stood out to me and I was thinking where are their pajamas why are they sleeping in in their clothes they can't even get comfortable in these smelly old clothes and I asked if I could bring pajamas and they said that would be really nice and I Mm. did and I I read to the children that next night and I surprised some of them you know I took out these pajamas out of my plastic bags and they were so quiet, but they, they took them 
And uh, one little girl, though, was so afraid of me. And she was she was just shaking her head no. And she backed up. She wouldn't take the pink pajamas I was trying to give to her. And she was about to my hips, I'd say six. You know, I never knew how old she was. And her pigtails were lopsided and her clothes were tight and soiled and her shoes were so big. Somebody gave her some shoes at least to cover her feet. And I tried gently to convince her to take them. And in the end, she was the last one there. She still wouldn't take them. And I tried to have her touch them and feel how soft they were. And she knelt down and she whispered, what are pajamas? Oh, and that was it. That was it. I, I, I really couldn't even see straight after that. I couldn't even wrap yeah. my head around that question. Why would a child ask me what are pajamas? And I, I, I learned real fast, you know, some of the cases and as much as I, I could research. And it was really just heartbreaking to me. And, uh, and I had yeah, to completely heartbreaking. Well, on paper, you had everything. I mean, the executive job, you had just bought an apartment. You're living in New York City. You know, it sounds like you're living your best life. And then you start working on this program, or maybe it's not even a program yet. You're going into shelters and reading and bringing them things. Were you doing this after work hours or on the weekends? What did it look like in the beginning? Yes, both. And I was hiding it all from everyone. Nobody knew what yeah. I was doing because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what this feeling of, you know, this obsession was. I certainly didn't think it was going to turn into anything that I could survive on. I right. didn't know how I could possibly tell anyone. What do I say? I I, I want to read to children and bring them pajamas. I mean, it sounded ridiculous to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you really have to understand how good it feels. Yeah, well, okay. Um, you know, and I, I talk in my book, I tell everything, the good, the bad, how I did it, how I, what I did wrong. And, you know, it's, it's really, it was really difficult to get out of the mindset of what other people are going to think. And I don't know a darn thing about making this work. Yeah, I was a smart person in marketing. You know, I did great in college. But here I am staring at this abstract idea that just had a whole bunch of feeling attached to it and didn't know, I didn't know how to make it a form. Well, and I think so many women are in that space, you know, number one, scared to tell other people what they're truly passionate about. They're afraid people will laugh. And most of the time, the person you're telling, they have hopes and dreams too, that they're also afraid to tell someone else about because they'll laugh. So I think we all have that within us. And it's like you're saying, just honing in on what that purpose and passion is. So how did you take it from reading at night and on the weekends and bringing pajamas to an actual program that you could replicate? Well, it was many months of hiding, you know, hiding this from everyone. And I thought I could tell one friend and I did. And she literally said, what are you talking about? Why would you ever give up what you did? How are you ever going to make a living? You're not, you're not giving them a home. You're not taking them to live with you. You know, it's not making much of a difference. How are you gonna, what are you going to do? What are you talking about? And that really set me back even further. So I kept doing it and I kept trying to hide everything from my bosses, but I was making a mess of my work. So they knew something was up, but they never found out what. And at the same time, I met a great guy and, and I talk in my book how the universe is on your side when you do find your purpose. These magical things happen, not only to yeah. let you live and, and breathe life into your purpose, but in other parts of your life. And I met a great guy and I said, well, he thinks I have this great career. And, you know, if it goes further, we're a two income couple, maybe not, you know, but I haven't figured out that part yet. I might have to work in McDonald's, but I told him, you know, I, I 
I've always wanted the job I have, and I'm pretty good at it, but this is what happened, and now I want to give pajamas to these kids, and I'm trying to figure it out. And he said, I think you should go for it. And that go for it, those three words just helped, helped me breathe, gave me a confidant. He didn't know anything about how I was going to do it either, but... Yeah, but he believed in you and gave you the confidence to believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then I told my mom and she said, what you just said, Bryce, she said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you'll figure it out. And that was it. And, you know, one of the lessons, I give a lot of lessons in my book after every chapter, part of the matter lessons. And one of them is line up your cheerleaders because mm-hmm. those naysayers are going to knock you down. And yeah. I didn't do it in that order. I got the naysayer first and she sent me back. You know, I don't blame her. She didn't know. Um, she was acting out of what a lot of us do, scarcity, fear. Yeah, you know? fear. Yeah. I was already thinking everything she was asking. I had no answers for all of her questions, but I felt then lifted and I just kept doing what I was doing, spent all my credit cards. I mean, I got to talk about it in my book, a lot of financial debt, a lot of bad decisions financially, went to work part-time in the business. And then I said, I will work in McDonald's. I'm not kidding if I have to. And it never came to that, came close, but I learned quickly when I started talking to people and started asking for help, which is also a key lesson, I say, especially for those of us who are trying to leave something safe, you need help and you need to ask for it. And you wouldn't, you couldn't imagine all the people that want to help. And like you said, Bryce, I think because a lot of people wish that they could do it, that they could change their career yeah. to what they've always wanted. But for me, I had a mortgage and that was it. I didn't owe, didn't have kids. I didn't have anybody in private school. I didn't have a house. So I started asking for help and I got it. Yeah. Well, you hear about so many kids who are, you know, taken to shelters and things pulled, like you said, pulled out of their homes and they literally just have a trash bag. They don't even have a backpack. They haven't had time to pack. So like you said, they have nothing. Um, So I would think just having pajamas or someone there to read for you at night would be instrumental. Just yeah, they are seen and cared for. Yeah. yeah, I was told, you know, all the time, the kids don't take off their pajamas. I wear them all day. Mm. They they were soft. They fit them. They were clean. Yeah. You know, it was just for them. There are so many things that I've learned that pajamas hold for children. It's not just the material. Yeah. So tell me about pajama program and how you implemented it. What happened was, I lived in Riverdale. A local reporter called and said, are you the lady giving pajamas in Harlem? And I said, yeah. And she said, can I write a little story? And I said, sure. And she wrote a little story in a local paper. And at this time, you're still working your regular job? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm still working for a regular job. And then a a national magazine saw it or heard and said, can we run a similar little paragraph? I said, sure. Well, that national magazine reached so many people that one day when I was coming back to my apartment, my co-op, there were thousands of boxes that the doorman was yelling at me, what? are these boxes that have arrived and I didn't know. And so my new husband and I took them up to my one bedroom, tiny apartment. And we started opening them like a year later, a year and a half later. And I still had no structure on this, but all these boxes and we're opening them. We're, we're, we don't know what's going on. And they're all pajamas and their books and notes and cash. And we're crying. We're opening the boxes. We couldn't even see each other. They were in every room to the ceiling. And one of them said, they were, it's from a company, if you please send us your 501c3, we'd like to give you a grant. 
And I looked at my new husband and I said, what is this thing? 501 with parentheses around a C and a number three. And when I investigated a little bit and I found out what it was, I mean, there was no question. I knew now it was a responsibility. All these people. Yeah. You're like, okay, how can I do this? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, attorney, you know, beg, borrow, whatever I could do. Please, please, I don't have any money left. <laughs> I'll show you my bills. <laughs> and, you know, people helped. That's awesome. And then oh. you wrote a book. Years, then, you know, yeah. I think it was a 2016, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. I just wrote it two years ago. So it came out oh, in okay. 20. Yep, 2020, right in COVID. But, you know, I was a little nervous when my publisher said it was coming out in COVID. But in the next breath, I said, well, there's got to be a reason. Because in 22 years of running Pajama Program and being the executive director, which I passed the baton on two years ago to uh, Jamie Dice, who was great. But as the founder, and I didn't run it for 20 years, I learned the universe's secrets. You know, I learned things show up without warning, good things. People show up without warning. And I said, it's got to be a reason why this book is coming out in COVID. And as it turns out, people are now, you know, and have been looking for purpose now more than ever. Oh, gosh. I think COVID, that was a blessing. Yeah. If COVID gave us anything, it was a pause to say, okay, I'm not, I don't like the path I'm on, or I have other interests and passions and how do I pursue those? So now you're a speaker. Um, it sounds like you speak to kids and adults. How do you help them tap into what their purpose is? Well, everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to wake up and feel like they're, they have meaning in their lives. That what they're doing makes a difference. And finding a purpose has nothing to do with nonprofit. It doesn't. Uh, for some people, that might be how you want to express yourself. For some, it might be, you know what? I'm the CPA and I, and I really want to sing. Or I really want to, you know, um, run a restaurant or own a little boutique or something. And I teach, first emotionally, I share because they're afraid. They're afraid to leave what's safe or what they believe is safe. They're afraid to tell people who it's going to impact. They don't know what to do first and it's overwhelming, so they do nothing. And they push further and further back on the back burner. So I teach and I coach and I speak on jumping or sliding. I jumped. That's in my nature. I don't know why. I just jumped. But I teach slide too, because even if you slide your purpose of singing into your life when you're a nine to five CPA, it changes your life. It changes yeah. your attitude. Just an hour, you know, two or three times a week to join a group that sings, treat yourself to a couple of lessons. It's amazing when you think, there are so many ways to bring your purpose into your life. It doesn't have to mean an overhaul. Yeah, I like the analogy. Yeah, I like the analogy of sliding. I'm very much yeah. a jumper too. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should have done more research. Right, right. I like awesome. to jump all in. But I like the idea of sliding into it. And yeah, you can add it like you did at night or on the weekends. It doesn't mean you immediately have to jump with everything. Yeah, and jump right in. Yeah. Very cool. yeah, but obviously I did. I did take a chance, didn't sleep a lot, you know, cried a lot, worried a lot, just didn't want to be another person who let these kids down. Yeah. And did you work with shelters just in New York or was it nationwide? We grew pretty quickly organically. Of course, after the National Magazine ran the article, others did. And then, of course, being on Oprah was an amazing, yeah. amazing jump up, take 
talk about taking it to the next level, 10 days. Yeah. But now we're 40 some chapters across the US, you know, 22 years old, 7 million plus new pajamas and books to kids. We teach about bedtime, how important it is for caregivers to understand, to teach the children. We, we have these programs when we read and give kids pajamas and also talk to them about bedtime and make it fun so that they're not just going from maybe instability and fear to lights out. Yeah. There has to be a routine, but there also has to be some TLC, you know, and and some relaxing and some feeling safe and feeling like they can count on certain things. And a storybook and a comfortable pair of pajamas are very important to me personally for them. And it impacts their psyche. I believe that. They know it's coming from love. And, you know, for years, they had no clue when the boxes arrived, you know. Who's, who's giving it to them, but it, it sort of didn't matter. They still felt it. And we heard yeah. that. We heard that from the caregivers and we heard that from, from the kids, certainly as they got older. You know, they, they just had that feeling of being seen. Yeah. I mean, I have kids of my own, two girls, and I know bedtime can be, um, they can have a lot of anxiety at bedtime. And that's when they, it seems like their defenses come down. They want to talk to you. You know, you as the parent are exhausted. You just want to go to bed. But this is their time now where they want to tell you all about their day or any problems they're having. And, you know, anxieties at different ages, they want you to lay with them or sleep with them, you know, different things. So I, I can't even imagine kids in shelters how much they need this. They've got no one there, you know, don't have a a routine, which is so important and just have, you know, pajamas or a book or a nightlight, (laughs) all those things. Yes. Yes. To ease their fears. You know, I always thought in the beginning, they could be having nightmares. How can we switch it so that they have a nice dream? Yeah. Yeah. How can people get involved with Pajama Program? Pajamaprogram.org, O-R-G. Okay. Yep. They can email me if they want an intro or talk about their own purpose. That's my website, genevievepajero.com. They can find me there. Either one or both. Okay. Awesome. And then about the book, I'm assuming you can buy it anywhere books are sold? Yes. Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Okay. So what's on the horizon for you? Um, well, another book. So I'm thinking about that. I want to okay. speak, you know, speak as my main um work now so last year i did COVID was lifted enough so that i could speak in person get on planes travel around which i did well it's probably nice to be back in person it was it was so nice you know doing it on zoom is just not the same (sighs) we didn't do anything for the first year um and but last year especially the last six months did a lot so i'm hoping this year too a lot in person so it's different The, the energy in the room is different when you're in person oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Fun. All right. So lots of speaking and that's for all ages. Yes. Colleges, even high schools and all kinds of groups and businesses about finding purpose within your team, helping the leaders communicate the purpose, making sure that the team members are feeling that they're communicating and that they're contributing to their team and feeling good about their, their lives when they go to work. Nice. Well, if we've got some people listening who are feeling stuck or like they've just kind of lost their way and they don't even know what their passions are right now, what are three tips you would give them just to help them identify, you know, what their passion or purpose is? No, it's okay if you're afraid. No, it's okay. It's, it's, I'll say, normal to 
think, how can I just turn my life upside down? It's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to be afraid. Reach out to somebody who, if you know somebody who did, and I invite anybody to contact me, I will talk with you or we'll figure it out. You know, these are the first steps, but you'll know you're supported. So first know it's okay and try to feel that excitement because it's there. And Mm -hmm. most of the time it's buried in fear and anxiety. But just imagine for a few minutes every day what it would be like if you could make a go of it. Um, and, and reach out to those who are in that career, in that business, and just see what course they took to get there, a course of life, not necessarily in school, but just see the steps they took. And, and also see if there's a way that you can, you can slide it into your life for an hour a week, even if it's doing a little research by yourself on your computer if it's a place you can go and volunteer or, or watch or talk to somebody for an hour a week, just bring it in and see how that makes you feel. Yeah. And then find your cheerleaders. Find a couple of cheerleaders that you can trust to say, you know, I didn't make a move yet, but, you know, because right now, Bryce, everybody gets that we want purpose. So yeah. it wasn't like a few years ago where people were tossing that word around. Now it's on the front burner for everybody. It really is, yeah. Yep. Everybody wants to feel like they matter and like their life is making a difference. Yep, so nobody, very few people are going to say, what are you talking about? Never heard about purpose. Yeah, no, definitely not. Awesome, well, Genevieve, thank you so much. I'm so impressed by all you've done and will continue to do. Um, I'm gonna go on Pajama Program's website and see how I can chip in and uh, just look forward to supporting you and, and the business. Thank you, thank you, Bryce. Yes, thank you, have a great day. You too, happy new year. Happy new year. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week. And make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also, join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.